What's up, everybody? Hollywood Cole here with Clear Fire for the H&K Video Game Experience. What's up, Clear Fire? What's going on, man? And we are going to be covering the third episode of h and Coloween, and it's going to be Resident Evil. Ooh. So, which Resident Evil is it? Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, 7, Umbrella Chronicles, uh, One, Raccoon City, 1.5, or <laughs> Veronica... I mean, there's a million of them. Maybe Resident Evil Zero. No, we're just going to cover Resident Evil as a whole. So, um, but we got a big surprise. You might have heard him just a few minutes ago. Coach RX is back again. What's up, Coach RX? Nothing much. Welcome back, man. It's great to have you back on. I hate this so long between shows. Yeah, COVID related. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like you're it's like Science. you're becoming an annual guest and not a regular guest we need to fix that and get to get you back on here <clears throat> it's, regular it's, it's just hard hard for grown-ups to to coordinate schedules it, it <laughs> really <laughs> is i should totally <laughs> get that th- th- three grown men with free time and a good internet connection <laughs> uh, that's all you need <laughs> it's hard to put that together you, you're reaching oh, into man. oxymoronic levels there <laughs> What you sipping on, man? I saw you sipping on something. I had to go get me some uh, some syrup. Uh, I got uh, <laughs> just just a little gin and tonic. Oh, there, there I go. I'm a little got jealous me a little here. Private stock. I'm just si- <laughs> I'm just sipping on a good old bottle of water. A little silver lighthouse uh, on and a silver silver uh, seagull. That's that's sharp. That's, <laughs> this is from it's from my grand and papa. There you go. They so, brought them by when they came by. One so, time. so, 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 we. I have a little bit of news before we move move into our code Veronica, and it's more of a surprise for Hollywood. <laughs> he doesn't know that I've done this, and he doesn't know what this is because I've not told him anything about this. So, Hollywood's uh, birthday was back on September, and that's. I'm just gonna leave it there. Not gonna. Yeah, not gonna spoil. His, not gonna spoil his his actual dates, but he's also he's always given me a hard time about me. Um, giving away his copy of final fantasy three yeah you did so i asked him a couple weeks ago hey you know give me a list of your snes games and i noticed that he's missing one and one that we've talked about regularly so for his belated birthday and for a i'm sorry i got rid of your game i got him are you serious oh dude no way oh wait 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 it gets just a little bit better not only is it the copy of Final Fantasy 2, or what, 4, and thing, yeah. I also got him, and this is what's going to make it even better. Dude, I might come on this my seat right now. The, oh, the manual. Look how the original good manual. It looks, it. dude. The oh, original, man. That is amazing, dude. The original game and the original manual. So that will be coming oh, to you man. shortly. I ordered it or got found it on eBay and got a actually pretty pretty good deal on it and it was Jeez, an actual original you, copy so oh uh, and that's the that's the uh fat bottom too man it is it oh, is dude, the, i appreciate it's it the man. i literally was bottom, thinking about as you can that see one. that it's it's the original one i checked it it's even got the imprint logo on the back to make sure it is real it's official oh, the geez. only thing that makes me mad is i could not get a little bottom cover thingy for oh it. man it's all good i got a plenty of those i'll take i'll take championship pool out of it <laughs> in there. <laughs> dude thank you man that's so, that's awesome man i literally was thinking like i, I got to get that game because i was listening to our final fantasy podcast and it's like 
forgot how good that game is. Well, have the original translations and everything in it. That's what's so great about those original ones. Well, you no longer have to hunt it. It will be coming to you. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate it, dude. Thanks a lot. That's sure. awesome. So, wanted to do that on air, too, because then that way it kind of kind of clears me from the <laughs> Final Fantasy III fiasco. So, here's the box oh, that yeah. it came well, in. Thank you. All I got to do is tape it back up and put your shipping label on it and ship it off. <laughs> Well, you, it is forgiven for sure. <laughs> it's already forgiven, but I'm, you appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm almost as impressed with that manual. That as manual the I know, dude. That is a perfect shape manual. I, I, I used to love that, and they never had them when you went to rent games. And if they did, they were all raggedy and tore up. And at one point, I remember uh, J&D had even gotten to where they were You'd get a black and white photocopy manual. But it, it was just something about having that. You know, this was way before the internet. It was all you really had. If you couldn't uh, figure it out with the manual or or reason, you were just kind of stuck. Do you know why they stopped putting manuals in the games? The torrent. They. Uh, this is it's so. I like Nintendo, but man, this is a uh, cheap. <laughs> they sued uh, Blockbuster and all them for saying you can't rent our games because people aren't buying them. So they sued. And I don't remember the, the the outcome was yeah they can rent them whatever it's a it some kind of a way they got around it so they could rent them well send blockbuster so then Nintendo goes oh yeah well those those manuals are copyrighted written material so oh. y'all can't include them <laughs> just to try to win something oh, so yeah. they started blockbuster started like you know putting their instructions and taping them on the back of the inside of the box or whatever oh man that hey man that sounds like a a typical business decision. Yeah, we'll show you. Everybody <laughs> thought it was because everybody just was running those manuals ragged and leaving them. I'm sure some of that was happening. But anyway, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Nintendo's uh, something else back in the day. Probably still is now today. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, I would I would have gotten you the box too, but ooh, yeah, man, man oh, that was good, stupid dude. high for that one. I tried on <laughs> one of them. I got close, but it just not. Oh man, dude, that's manuals. All that manual is really nice. Yeah, I'll probably a, put that in the safe. Uh, in I the wouldn't bags. blame him. touches it. I wouldn't it's blame him. So fun to finger through that. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I'm definitely gonna play that again, man. On the old school Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Might but, have to uh, send you have to send you a pair of white gloves too, so that way you can handle the book correctly and everything. <laughs> exactly. Can't get that oily skin <laughs> on there. Um, well, all right, cool. Well. I gotta say, while we're talking about some stuff, I've been really enjoying. So for this podcast, I've kind of got back into some single player games. Uh, Dread has come out, and uh, Kevin King was asking about Metroid. And dude, uh, uh, I played through it, and we'll do a. I'm thinking about just doing a little quick quickie on uh, on Metroid Dread. I've already finished it on normal, and um, it took about three four days, but. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it and um, play through that one. But in, in prep, and I'm playing Monster Hunter Stories 2. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 again. Playing Act Razor Renaissance, which we missed the Nintendo Direct, which we should have got done. Um, and I played Resident Evil 3 Remake for this podcast. And I finished that thing like, you know, six times or something. We'll talk about it. But uh, really cool. And. Um, so I've just gotten into single player. I really hadn't played any competitive gaming. I've really just played relaxing games. It's fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm burnt, burned out on any any game you're competing against other people. 
Yeah. It's just that there, there's too many people that take it way too seriously. And yeah. it, it, it just, it kills my enjoyment. I'm yeah. playing the Diablo 2 remake right now. See, I'm thinking about grabbing Quake and getting that because uh, Limited Run Games has a has a Quake remastered version out. I might try to grab that up and play it. I mean, I'm stepping out of the bounds here. I'm actually different from y'all. I'm actually playing Far Cry 6. It's another first person, well, uh, a single if, player if, game. If, but God, it's if, awesome. If, 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 oh, I knew it, if, if, if I knew it was out, I'd be playing it right now. But uh, I, what? I, Far Cry, the new Far Cry, I bought oh, every yeah. single one on release day and the only one i didn't like was uh was it two that was set in like africa it was just a, a totally different setting i think so uh, uh, I, I, that, that that's the only one i didn't really care did for did you do primal yeah yeah far cry uh, primal i yeah. uh i got that when i kind of messed around with it it's cool i didn't finish the, it or anything the three three was probably my favorite one but but they are they're actually genuinely large games yeah. a lot of content so many games now are just they're pretty but they're it's like they're built for replayability like just die die yeah. die die figure it out move on you know and yeah. it, it, i'd rather just not struggle and just have more content this is the prettiest game i've played period it, it blows cyberpunk 2077 out of the water i mean it blows just a lot of the games out of the water the, the way they did all the 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 landscapes are fantastic and mm-hmm. to me it doesn't feel like it's a ridiculously hard game now i haven't gotten deep into it yet but like it's it's playable that's what i've enjoyed about it like every time i go to do something it's a challenge but not a challenge that goes mm-hmm. man i can't do I'm, I'm done with this you know uh- so. Uh, if if I if I have to look it up, it's too hard. That 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 was yeah. kind of what what I think I remember the most about that last. Uh, it was like Custer's Last Stand at Jones, like Resident Evil, Tomb Raider, uh, Metal Gear. So it was the last games that you couldn't just go look Google the answer if you got stuck. Yeah, you you actually had to like if if we couldn't figure it out between the six or eight of us that were <laughs> playing or watching, it, it just yeah. there's not you couldn't do anything. It's and, funny you come back and turn it on, and then it's like, oh, how do we get right here? It's like, oh, coach figured it out uh, last night. You're like, oh, okay, cool, we need to move on. I mean, it's just it's awesome. It, it's like a, a joint, and I guess it it's still a joint effort. You're just in cahoots with a bunch of strangers a lot more people working on it the hive mind and it almost seems like they've kind of taken that into game design because uh i love the the dark Souls series uh games uh bloodborne even uh sekiro was great but there are things in those games that you would not just figure out you know like you have to jump off this tree into a well, it looks like a black abyss, and there's a little small <laughs> platform down there that you land on. And yeah. it's just somebody did it by accident and told everybody else about it, and now it's just like part of the game. But even there's one people. Of the- yeah, there's people, like you're talking about jumping off, there's people that uh, will just try to break the game or find stuff. That's the, that's really what they get out of it, you know. So mm-hmm. somebody just tried to jump on every nick and cranny and see. <laughs> freaked out when he finally did it. Oh my God, there's a platform over here. Like I can't wait to post it, you know? <laughs> Got to post yeah, it immediately. 
even even one of their DLCs, like you you paid for it, downloaded it, and when you logged into the game, you there was no evidence that you even had it. You had to go through like these all these little convoluted things, like walk to this area, pick up this item off the ground, go put it in this wall, spin around three times to the left, stand on yeah. one leg, and then a door opens and there's the DLC. But everybody was furious because who would have just, you know, it's like yeah. they, they, they've locked your purchase behind. Yeah, like some, they figured it out. You can't deny it now. <laughs> they do it all the time. That would be cool if every DLC, there's always some super, like like the, what's it, Holloway's Easter egg and, Re- and Re- Ready Player One, like yeah. Holiday's Easter Like every game has a Easter egg where you can unlock the DLC for free if you're like the first 15 to figure it out or something. Yeah, Dude, that would be yeah. kind of cool. That would be so awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's do this, guys. Let's take this back to around 1995. And so, there's this game that comes out. I don't know if I can lower my voice that much or change my voice that get that high. <laughs> I get low. I get low. I don't I know get if lower I get, than that. I don't know if I can make my voice squeaky like that, like it was back then. What, 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 uh, he handled that in post-production. <laughs> yeah, I put it in post. So, uh, here's my perspective of this whole thing. So, everybody got the game pros. You know, everybody got the electronic gaming monthlies. And like you just said, there's no internet really to look around. So, you just took pictures. And everybody's talking about this game, Resident Evil, Resident Evil. And it's this new groundbreaking thing. Zombies, you know, oh, we're going to shoot zombies, you can shoot stuff, blood pops off, you can blow their heads off. I and mean, it's just like crazy. What is this game? And everybody just kind of talked about it all the time. Nothing to really play it very much. Did you ever play Resident Evil 1 when it came out, anybody? No, it was the all. First one. It, it was all backwards from three for me. Okay. I'm trying to remember if I did or not. I don't really think I did because I don't think that the hard games were that big for me at that time. I had a little... This was on PlayStation 1. Yeah, it was... And I'll tell you, I think that is the general consensus is that it was a very uh, under-the-radar initial release because the the biggest guy I found on YouTube as far as like Resident Evil content, 4 was the first game he played and he liked it so much he, he went back and like I just said, I... Three was the first one I played and liked it enough to start over. And it's just, uh, it's hard to go back and appreciate a five to 10 year old game. Right. You know, whenever yep. you've already moved past, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You, you, if you're not in that mindset where that's just what was well, so look cool like, back then. Mm, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, the, the it's so fun to turn on one of these games like this back then. And then people over at your house, and all they want to do is sit down and watch you play it. <laughs> You'd have a room full of five or ten people just sitting there watching you play the game because it was just the coolest thing. And, you know, guns and violence in the video games like that were kind of a new thing. And, um, and they, they had the be- best music. Like, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if you'd call it a soundtrack for a video game, but it was all, you know, instrumental type stuff. But it always seems like it always just fit the mood perfectly. Yeah, even, they uh, did a good job. Even even uh, there's one channel on YouTube that they use that the music from the save room. You know where you have to yeah. go because <laughs> you you it's and just I, at sometimes peace. I, sometimes I would just chill out in there in the dorms and drink a beer. You know because <laughs> that, 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 that I was, can finally breathe. 
that was really the only place you were you knew you couldn't get killed. Yeah, nothing's going to jump out. So, and they um, so go ahead. so just random. Just, you know, you know, I always have my randomness everywhere. So, um, do y'all know what it was called in Japan? Biohazard. Biohazard. Yeah. Now, do you know how it got its name Resident Evil for the American or Western release? Ooh. That's the fun fact. No. So, basically, when they were getting ready to release it, they were they, they were basically told, you know, it's going to be almost impossible for you to secure the rights to the name Biohazard because of a DOS game that's already been registered with that name and a punk band or a hardcore punk band called Biohazard. So, they actually held a contest with inside the company to figure out a name, and Resident Evil is the name that came up out of a contest through the company. Oh, that's cool. Just thought that was a random interesting fact because I didn't know that until I just looked that up. So, we did some research on this game trying to get to the story. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of a preface of what we're going to talk about here. There's so much story. We're going to try to touch, not we're going to go start the story and beginning and go. Kind of give you our point of view, a little bit of the story that we may or may not know. Uh, so there's a lot of good information out there on YouTube and all this. So if you really want to hear the story, go there for that. Uh, but we're just going to share our experience here and kind of relive this together. But um, at this point in our timeline, Resident Evil is just kind of a hearsay thing. And that was a common thing back in 95 because, uh, Coach, you were, as you were talking about earlier, I don't remember the name of the developer, um, the guy that actually developed it, or director, but he wanted to make a game that was similar to Home Sweet Home on the Famicom. Sweet Home. But it was a... Th- yeah, Home Sweet Home. Uh, oh, okay. It's or, just, the game title I thought was just Sweet it, Home. It, it's, it's just oh. Sweet Home. Okay. And even the, it's, it, even the front of the game, it, it looks terrifying. Even though... Sweet Home, or are you talking about Resident yeah, Evil? Sweet, sweet Home. Yeah, Sweet Home, the, the, the cover is terrifying. It's got a Japanese lettering across the top. I'm looking at it, it right now. And like this screaming face, kind of red coloration. It, yeah, it's pretty... It it, it, it was based on a, a movie, a Japanese movie by the same name. And um, pretty much, uh, to make a long story short, it's like a film crew trapped in a mansion with zombies and stuff like that and the guy that developed that was this the same guy who developed resident evil and he just said the most frustrating thing was his the hardware limitations when he made that game yeah and it just kind of went from there but the 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 people that were involved were the the filmmaker the game designer like he gave them full access to the you know, where they filmed the movie and it was just like a B B list, you know, uh, yeah. type horror movie that we've all seen. And it's really that simple. And this entire universe is just created by gamers, pretty much people that are interested in the, the canon as they call it. Right. Like, like that, they'll even get, get mad if there's a, if they pick up a note that contradicts, <laughs> You know what they believe the story to be. So I, 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 I hated, I hated to interrupt you there, but I just that's like well, the that's be- good. We're, that's that, that is, that's like the beginning of the timeline. Yeah. You know, a lot of these people have gone back to like prehistoric era <laughs> T virus precursors 
and caves oh, yeah. in Africa. The flower. But but oh, as yeah. far as far as the seed that started the entire franchise, I think it was that. Yeah, this was Resident Evil One, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about what it what was going on in Resident Evil One. But, um, but just from our perspective here, you know, so there's a lot of things that went into production of this game. There's a lot of chances being taken by uh, the director and all this. And I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but uh, um, the, again, this is all research. The director is. Uh, Toku, uh, Tokuro is T-O-K-U-R-O Fujiwara. That's the sure. um, guy that um, basically said directed. that the directed that uh, did Sweet Home. He was the you know the creator of Sweet Home, the game, everything like that, and he kind of pushed them to start creating this game using the okay. elements of Sweet Home. Yeah, um, and so they. They did a lot of, so they decided to go with pre-rendered graphic backgrounds, which, you know, that allows them to uh, also make, make the game look better, but also do fixed camera positions. So there's a lot of artistic liberties that you can do with fixed camera positions as far as zombies jumping out at certain points, stuff coming out from behind you, a lot of scare stuff you can do. And the survival horror genre was born. And so if you go back and play, they got a Resident Evil remake now and i did down that download that it's a slightly different a little bit different mansion layout you can play as different characters but um you're jill valentine in this one and um and so you the, one of the things that i remember about this one playing it recently is that it's not a lot of ammo you know i'm not a fan of not a lot of ammo games where i gotta run most of the time or just very calculated shots to kill one zombie and now i'm I don't know what's next, you know. No, no ammo and no <laughs> inventory space. Yeah, that's not that's not oh, a gosh, good no idea. Space. Idea of a good time. I, I, I call <laughs> and limited save opportunities. Yes, I, and, that and, yeah, and something I want to talk about. And, and this is this is twenty years ago, and even yeah. today, that is my biggest gripe about gaming: is when you put elements of artificial difficulty. Yeah. in yep. the game that aren't necessary you know yes like if i have four inventory spaces and i pick up four coins that should not take up my four inventory spaces. <laughs> yeah yes. but, i got a shotgun in one inventory space and a quarter and one bullet in the, in the other three <laughs> yeah. so now i have a shotgun and three bullets but yeah. it, it's just it's unnecessary and it may have been like a it didn't even cross their mind at the time but it makes your game more difficult than it should be. Well, and it's designed on purpose that way with inventory space because it tries to make everything seem a little bit more intense, makes you uh, also just stressed. I mean, it's supposed to put you in that situation. Oh, um, hence the but, survival horror. You know, it's yeah. pushing you to that limit. What What was it? Was it one or, or two that you had the option to pick different characters and one of them actually had, had more inventory space? And that just uh, inherently made the game easier. Well, let's do this. I jump, so my first one was two. Okay, so again, we heard about all these Resident Evil craze, okay, to some degree. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a big craze, like you said, Coach. It was a little bit under the radar, but people had heard about it and people were bragging about it. When Resident Evil 2 came out, it was a double disc, and the game was awesome. Uh, but Resident Evil 1... I'll just kind of touch on you're in a mansion, a lot of puzzles and weirdness going on. Um, 
and you're kind of like, what is this going on? And I believe that's the one that's over the the uh, lab. I might have that. So there's a whole yeah. story that says at the mansion that's over the lab. Okay, so he made the guy that designed it all these tra- trap doors and stuff, so nobody would discover the lab. And that kind of it is one of those it is one of those things where you kind of you know you thought there were zombies. You didn't know. I don't remember if it talked about T virus and all this in Resident Evil One. You just assumed they were zombies because sometimes it just is an afterthought, right? They don't know if it's going to be a hit. They certainly didn't have all the story written before they made that one game. Well, that, that, and, the, the, the cool th- I think two was my first one, too, because I think three came out while we were at Jones. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and Iceman <laughs> brought it over one day and just yeah, left uh, it. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> and it was but, awesome. But but the first one, it was so crazy because the, the video I was watching was just pretty much... It was kind of a tongue-in-cheek type thing. Even the cover of it just looks silly. Right. Like, the guy's eyes don't look like they belong on the same face. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but it, and the di- some of the dialogue is just cheesy. Like Exactly. That, that they were trying to be not serious at that point. But at the end, it was like they discovered that the whole point was to lure them there, to let them fight the stuff that they were creating to... I think they called it combat testing. Oh. It was like... like, uh, So here's kind of like a little quick piece of it. Um, This is like a kind of a beginning to um, Resident Evil 1. It was a series of bizarre murders that occurred on the outskirts of Raccoon City with signs of cannibalism on victims' remains, Raccoon Police Police Department Special Tactics and Rescue Service STARS are assigned to investigate the murder. STARS is divided into two teams, Alpha and Bravo. Bravo team is sent first, but after contact with them is lost, Alpha team is sent to investigate their disappearance. So that's kind of your... what throws you into the game there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, that's... And um, it uh, kind of started the genre... So it had all these puzzles, obviously, for the game itself. And so that's what became known for like okay inventory space like you said limited ammo for survival horror which had not been done before and um the goofy voice acting and puzzles so we want to keep this going and so here comes resident evil 2 you're in a police station is either claire or leon you get to pick which one you want to first and then you finish the story with one. The stories overlap you can then you so you, you didn't i didn't even realize this at the time till after i'd already done it but just it's Leon, you finish through it. You play Claire, you finish through hers. And it's Leon A. There's an A and B scenario. Yeah, and then you start over again, and it's, you continue the story. And that's when you have that big, I call it, it's not Nemesis, but the big creature following you. Oh, yeah. On the second it, part. It, that's Nemesis. It's not Nemesis. That, that's it, on it, three. It, 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 it was oh, okay, a, okay, a, sorry, a, sorry. Yeah, a big guy, a big guy with a trench coat on. Yeah, and he's yeah. and this is something that you wouldn't even discover. I mean, you had to really play the game through until you get to that part. I remember one time he's in this room, big room. We've already gone through the room a few times previously. Now the story continues, and I'm playing Claire, and then I get fight Nemesis, or sorry, it's not Nemesis, but I fight the trench coat, lay him out. And then turn around and are walk you, back around the coat. Are you're talking about this is from one, right? Two. Uh, from no, two. this is from okay. two. We're, sorry, sorry. And I go around with Claire, and then the dude busts through the wall. And I remember that was just the sickest it's, thing. It was the ty- the first tyrant, Mister X. Tyrant, Mister X. Yeah. And so uh, another just crazy scene I remember from this game, and we're not going to necessarily get into all these, but 
you go in the sewer and I had the bullet over and I go, Hey, check this out. <laughs> and, uh, and you go into the sewer and I said, watch this. You got to, you know, I'm sitting there shooting and all of a sudden this giant alligator comes out <laughs> and it chases you through the sewer and you got to let the like butane tank down and shoot the tank, and blow his head off. <laughs> and then bullet was like, dang, dude, that scared me to death. He said, I thought it was going to be a zombie or something. Gator. <laughs> this is the gator just comes that, out. That, that, that was, uh, there's only one time I remember that I've got jump, jump scared by a video game since then. And that was, uh, it was one of the, uh, the vampire games, like, uh, bloodlines or something. You were in a, uh, it was a, a PC game based like on like a vampire uh, masquerade, that, that, or yeah, it, it was it was the the best game they made based on that RPG. And there was just this one time you're in this mansion with all these holes in the floor. Probably drew some inspiration from uh, Resident Evil. But I was at home by myself in the dark, and I was truly scared. But I remember uh, initial playthrough on Resident Evil getting just jump scared all the yeah. time. It was it was very well well thought out, and it felt so good to like, you know, like the alligator with the butane tank. <laughs> if you if you just happened to see that solution, the first time it presented itself, you felt like a freaking genius. Yeah, you, you know, because <laughs> if, if he killed you, it was obvious what you should have done, but yeah. you had to reload the game, go back and actually do it. But if your reflexes just it played out just perfectly the first time. Yeah. It was uh, it was very very rewarding. So they have these this cool content warning as soon as you turn on the game. Right, this game contains scenes of explicit violence and gore. And dude, you oh man, I'm you know 15 years old, 16. Hmm. This is gonna be awesome. I'm playing this game. It's like a rated R game. And um, so that became another staple of Resident Evil. One of the gripes I do have about 2, and it's kind of what you were talking about, and this is something that I don't understand. I understand limited ammo. I understand limited. It's not my thing. I understand limited space. But when you have to have an ink ribbon to save, mm-hmm. that's infuriating because you it takes up an inventory space. So what do you do? You put it in the chest because there's usually a chest by every typewriter. Well, then later on, of course, when it comes to a hard part, they make a point to not put a chest in there by your typewriter just so you won't be able to save, right? And like, but, but what, I, I, what does that do? I, I, let me, let me uh, make a counterpoint to that just from um, my observations. We are spoiled rotten by being able to pause the game and save before we do anything risky. And yep. it just, it's just, it's more of a function of our experience than a bad decision on their part. Well, see, no, a, even a, back a, then. Now, you're, I agree with you. I agree with you nowadays. It's completely different. But even back then, I mean, you can let me save at spots that, you know, where I would have to take risk and have to backtrack if I die. But why do I got to have an ink ribbon? Well, I mean, you know? I mean, take like your Final Fantasies at that time, for instance. You could only save at certain spots or unless you're in right. like the open world. There's the only two places you could save at. So you had to calculate your steps. And if you died, you did have to backtrack some to get back to where you were. Well, that, that I don't have one. any problem with that. I have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah, it's completely great. <laughs> I'm taking my inventory. What, one, of the, one of the most uh, endearing things about um, old Nintendo games looking back was what they call permadeath now. 
<laughs> but it's, pre- it's pretty much, if you turn on that Nintendo, you have to sit there and beat that game, or the next time you turn it on, you're going to start over at the beginning. From scratch. Yeah, yeah. Take <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, for example. You only and, have X uh, amount of lives, and if you die, and, you start over. And, and now everything is just, uh, you turn it on, and you start at the last save point, and you have to work your way back to where you... Heck, nowadays, you don't even have to do that. You can turn off, like with the Xbox Series X, I can turn my system off, not even save, and turn it back on, and it brings the game back up literally right where I left That's what I do with Red Dead. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do anything. It's crazy If you take Red Dead out and play another game, I think you can still put Red Dead back in, and it picks up where it left off. Yep, it it, it has memory there where it remembers where you left off on each game up to like a certain amount. So, I mean, it's like, it's crazy now. We're very much pulled now. Is is there a way to where you can, uh, like, if you die, turn the game off real quick and start back <laughs> no, up no. when, when you're still alive? <laughs> you can rewind it. They got that. In it. You got that. There's in a couple some of games of that games. you do have rewind in. Uh, all these old school ones. Super well, the Nintendo 64 is coming out for the Switch. Uh-huh. I guarantee you're gonna be able to rewind it. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, for crazy. $50 but anyway, more or for thirty dollars yeah, more, you get paid. It's ten cents every rewind. <laughs> Re- 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 Resident Evil may be the first time that uh, play- PlayStation came off as like the uh, the edgy, like the grunge. Yeah, because Nintendo was so wholesome and bubblegum yeah. pop, and and here's a game where you you're cutting people's heads off and stuff. <laughs> they, they 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 claim that that's probably the main reason why. The sweet home did not transition well to uh, the United States because you're talking about a, a Nintendo game where people are getting disemboweled and and decapitated and well, you know I mean, it's cut like, off at at the waist. It's like yeah. we, it's like we discussed on our Jason po- our Friday Thirteenth podcast just recently. Friday Thirteenth is probably like the most like violent Nintendo game that we can think of right now. You know and. All it is is talk. All it does is talk about killing children, and you dying and killing your friends. You don't ever really see blood or guts or gore in that game, and that was like the most violent we could think of. That that that, that game and Rambo, which I think they were the same game, but they were so so frustrating. You never knew Rambo. where you were going, left and right, up and down. Never, never knew where you were going. Some some kid wrote in the Nintendo Power. I bought that game Rambo. For Nintendo, it was had Rambo shooting guns on the machine gun on the front, and all I'm doing is running around in the woods killing bugs. It's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> like a kid, poor kid is so disappointed. Had to write a Nintendo Power. Cla- but, cla- uh, clarifier: Are there random Simpsons characters popping up on your screen? Yeah, uh, something's popping up. Yeah, things are uh, popping uh, up. I, 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 I could I, I could have sworn I saw Homer Simpson earlier. Up. You might have. Uh, <laughs> and I saw, uh, I just saw like Mo or something, just that trademark Simpsons animation style. Well, let's that, get that, back into this. I just want to make sure I wasn't going crazy. You're not hallucinating. <laughs> so, so, that, so the one big gripe about the Resident Evils that didn't age well are the tank controls. Yeah, I see them pop up just then. Um, I never really minded the tank controls. But, uh, and you know, they didn't really know how they were doing it back then. It's again, 3D is still kind of new. It is new. Um, the 64 hadn't come out yet. And, um, but, uh, tank controls to kind of help you with the pushing up is always making them walk forward is all it is. And the left and right just spins them a certain way. 
But um, it is limiting, but uh, a lot of people didn't like it. And the new one, you don't have tank controls. You have the regular walk around, not new Resident Evil, but the new uh, remake. So anyway, so that's just kind of common ground. I've got to mention that. So then here comes Resident Evil 3. And a big thing that I'm getting to something, once we start going, I'm going to ask you guys this question later on. Uh, if I don't forget, but Resident Evil 3 comes along, and that's where we had it at college, and that was a whole different experience for us, because we all played it together at the same time, me and Coach particularly, and uh, you start off with a machine gun, okay, so now we're starting to see, so first of all, yeah, you're starting to see a little bit, of, let me just finish my thought here, you're starting to see a little bit of the, are we survival horror, to a little bit more shooting, Right, and ammo is a little bit more plentiful. You got the combination of the gunpowders, grenade launchers, really cool things to kill zombies with. So, here's a fun fact, and I don't know if I mentioned. I mentioned it at some point. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast or not, but I'll mention it now. Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three are happening at the same time. Resident Evil Three was supposed to be Resident Evil like two point five, and then Resident Evil Code Veronica was supposed to be Resident Evil Three. Well, they got flipped. Resident Evil. 2.5 2.5 became the real Resident Evil 3. Code Veronica became a spinoff. Well, Code Veronica is really the follow-up to Resident Evil 2. Um, I never played Code Veronica, but I played Resident Evil 3 a bunch. They have remakes, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 for PlayStation 4 and Xbox right now. Um, we'll talk about Resident Evil 3 remake here in a few seconds. But Resident Evil 3 starts seeing more arcadey things, and they still got the weird puzzles. And so this is where you get kind of crazy. And I remember... Me and Coach were playing. He might not remember this, but it was just something weird. I said something, man, these puzzles are a little bit, you know, ridiculous. And you were like, yeah, there's a battery off in the mayor statue. Because <laughs> you have to get a battery out of the mayor statue. And like, why would there be a battery in there? It doesn't really fit with the, I understand it's some old crazy house that this guy's trying to hide everything. The police station used to be an old museum from Resident Evil 2. But just these random things in the city, you know, it didn't really fit, yeah. but they're expected to do these puzzles because that's what Resident Evil's known for. Well, that, uh, what uh, another thing about that, that sweet home game where this puzzle thing came from, the mansion in that game was actually a uh, dead art collector. And the objective of the game was to discover, was to find like three paintings, I think, and... You know, of course, it was, you know, art statues, you know, just yeah. the perfect setting for puzzles. And they just kind of seems like they kind of force the force that into the locations of the the future games. But that, yeah. that, that, that was kind of the, the origin, I think. So up until this point, if I'm remembering correctly, you have uh, and you still do now. But you have grades for the way that you finished, the number of times you saved, you died, how fast you finished it. Um, you get grades. And so sometimes that unlocks special things. Um, on Resident Evil 3, uh, so on Resident Evil 4, I really remember it, and I'll get into that one, is to when that's when you started unlocking. They had a merchant there that you could buy stuff off of, and you started, depending on how good you did, you could start saving the money that you're getting and buying awesome items off of him and so it made the game have a lot of replayability because you could go back and replay with super overpowered weapons and so on and so forth um everybody was out there to try to get that s rank in resident evil and i don't think they had an s rank if if they have it was elusive for a long time in the american version because s was the japanese a that was the rumor i think it's just the a rank for us yeah 
And so anyway, um, but I don't remember if you got anything extra is what I'm saying. But I will say this about Resident Evil 3. Well, I'm talking about the remake was super fun. I got Resident Evil 2 remake. I've played it. I don't like the idea of something chasing you around the whole time, causing anxiety. And just like, man, I'm just trying to enjoy the game. But I got something chasing me around like in Resident Evil 2. So Resident Evil 3 is Nemesis. So I thought for sure he's going to be chasing me around the whole time. It's not. He's not as, it's not as bad. And um, he does chase you sometimes, but it's not as bad. And uh, I really enjoyed that one. And I saved up and got all the points and all this. You get points for doing challenges throughout the game. And then I bought the rocket launcher and tried to go through it with that. It was super fun, man. What, if you know what, what you're doing, you can finish it in like an hour. So what, what, what was cool about that, uh, talking about it being a, it was originally a, a spinoff game. There's no other bosses in the game but Nemesis and that gigantic plant at the end. Yeah. And, and, and I didn't really remember that, but thinking about it now, there weren't just the typical boss fights you expect to see in a game. Right. Uh, and and being short, like you said, it just it, it almost seems like a textbook uh, rush release to meet some kind of deadline. Yeah. So... Do you know which famous movie character inspired Nemesis? Tur- T-1000. Terminator. You're right. T- it's actually it's actually the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Dang. It actually inspired, it never stops. The, desi- it actually inspired the design of Nemesis. Yeah, he changes. He changes all, the whole time. He's out to kill the Stars members. And, um, you know, you got the our Raccoon City PD getting involved. All kind of stuff. So it's a really fun game. I love the, the Resident Evil 3, but it's hard to play on a PlayStation 4. That Joker will sound like it's an airplane getting ready to take <laughs> off on a runway. <laughs> so, But um, it's, it's I just had to deal with it. I took my PlayStation apart and cleaned it because I thought it was dirty. It was so loud, but it's not. It's just too, too much to run on that little hardware. Oh, and yeah. By the way, Clear, do you got your PS4 Pro still? Yeah. I'm interested in. We'll talk later, man, because I would be interested in buying it from you just so I can play I, these games. I've, I've got, I've got one too, but that's yeah, all well, I've. But that's all I've got. Yeah, if you don't want it anymore, that is. Yeah, you, you said P. You say PS4 Pro. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I got the PS5, so he's right. Yeah, so uh, but we'll talk about it later. But I can't, I can't even. The PS, my PS4 is wheezing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Did oh, yeah. you see Shad kind of funny video I put on the Facebook? Did y'all even watch that? So the videos, my videos don't go through. I get like 16 people actually saw it. But know. it's funny. He's like getting ready. He's like, let's oh, play yeah, 2K, yeah, yeah. man. I saw it's that like, too. I'll play 2K. Then he turns it on. Man, where's my 2K at? Oh, there it is. He turns it on. Like it starts facing uh, us going. Yeah, all you hear is. <laughs> he's like, man, what's your PlayStation sound sick? He said, like, nah, man, just be doing that. His shirt's blowing. <laughs> just be doing that sometimes. <laughs> and then all the streets are bad. What's the, why you got headphones on, man? <laughs> Why you got earphones on? It all. It just be doing this. Don't worry, man. It does it every day. <laughs> and it starts, it's taking off like a plane. I remember that. It's That's absurd. Hilarious. It's hilarious. hilarious. Shot kind of funny is great. Check him out. But anyway, um, so, but mine's wheezing, man. So I can't play half the games because it's too loud. I can't even hear what's going on. But uh, Resident Evil remakes are great. Check them out. I think they're doing four again. And speaking of four, this was a this is one that came out on the PlayStation 4. And uh, it came out before that, I think. PlayStation 2. 
And, um, dude. Yeah, 2005 was, was the original, r- original release date, and it was actually, it looks like GameCube. Yeah, it was sick, man. Yeah, it was a GameCube I mean, game. It was on PlayStation 2 as well. Um, I got the Platinum Edition of it. But uh, Steelbook. Are but you dude, sure? Because it's only saying GameCube here. Uh, I got it. I'll, let me let me double check if I still got it. Yeah, look at me. I'm pulling them away to go double check his collection, trying to fact check it. So these authenticator apps for everything is so are so annoying. I, I was in the in the Ubisoft store trying to uh, give give them my money for Far Cry Six, uh-huh. and they're they're making it as difficult as humanly possible. I, I don't think I bought a, a game from them since Resident uh, from I since Far right Cry here. Five. Look, he's pulling it out. Check this out: Resident Evil oh. Two Four. I mean, on PlayStation Two, it's a premium edition. You open it up; it's got a little Ada Wong in there, okay. and that's like a. Well, I'm just kind of showing you. It's like a, it's one thousand. Oh, excuse me, fifteen thousand five hundred ninety-seven of six sixty thousand one hundred. Oh, okay. Very so, rare. So, so, so it actually prologue. It actually was a GameCube exclusive for a little while, and then it was ported to numerous formats. But it was a. Yeah. It did start as a GameCube exclusive. But it says on the back, Resident Evil. Oh, I didn't get this. So this is re- so it's supposed to have Resident Evil Four in the premium di- premium edition, Resident Evil Four game, the making of Resident Evil Four DVD limited edition, Ada Wong laser seal, and a Brady Games Resident Evil prologue. So I'm missing the DVD, Duh. but it does say in the back, Resident Evil reinvented, and so it was. It's over the shoulder um, with Leon again, and I love this game, man. This was so fun. They re-released it now on Xbox One. I mean, it's on all of them now, PlayStation 4, and I think they're doing a remake of it. And there's actually a Resident Evil collection that has 4, 5, and 6. I need to get that. Um, but, again, once you kind of know the story you're trying to do, it makes it a little bit better. I've never kept up with a story playing these games. But this was over the shoulder. This is a lot of fun to shoot zombies. It's like he goes to, like, uh, some Transylvania-type place. And all the people, as a whole, I tried to hear the story of this one, and I was like, you got to save the president's daughter, you know. <laughs> it's like saving the princess, but since we don't have a king in America, it's just the president. But um, I can't remember what the whole story's about, but it doesn't matter. Wesker's in it. I, I just, I, that That's more, more traditional, the type of game, you know, I'm accustomed to playing. I've never played another game with this... Uh, the tank controls are, are one thing, you know, but it's like it's like you're you're running around in all directions. I don't even know what you call it, but it it, yeah. it was very. That was the hardest part to me, other than the game, was getting uh, comfortable just moving around in that right. that context. Yeah, and uh, some of those narrow alleyways, you know, it was like you would just get killed because that there's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I want to say three was the first game you could turn 180 degrees and run away. pushing a button. Yeah, you could push two button combination and she'd turn right around. Hmm. And she'd also could dodge. And that's what this Resident Evil 4, you can dodge even more. And it's almost starting to get a little bit more arcadey. And this is where it comes. So so I'll just jump ahead a little bit. Five was way more arcadey and six was super arcade. 
right? And so um, this is the big question, right, um, for survival horror. And the question is, what made Resident Evil popular? Was it the shooting? Because that's what it was to me. That's what everybody liked, the heads blowing off the zombies, you're fighting zombies. Was it the story? I don't think so. Or was it the survival horror piece of it? Because the, some, a lot of the fans of the Resident Evil series will tell you that the game is unrecognizable as it continued on. So what do you guys think about that? Do you think they went too far arcadey, or do you think they should have stayed survival horror? I mean, they had this genre for survival horror nailed down. They should have stayed in that same frame. I think going too yeah. arcadey kind of hurt them on that. I, I think they were just catering, catering to the the current, you know, clientele. Because yeah. what 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 was the most appealing thing about it to me was the uh, almost RPG type uh, feel to it. You didn't level up. But any game where you have uh, inventory and you're picking up items in the in the world, solving puzzles, and it's just not totally about killing, um, I'm much more inclined to get into a game like that. That I yeah. actually feel I feel like I have some control over, you know, influence over the outcome. As opposed to just like a, a rail shooter, like Doom. Right. So it's so so. I guess we picked the perfect day to talk about Resident Evil and especially mention Resident Evil Four, because as I look it up, the remake of Resident Evil Four is actually a Resident Evil Four VR version, and they're actually yeah, in the process of that, YouTube. and actually you know has updates for it for today. So I mean, I think that that could really up the level of the game and might actually make that whole first person you know feel better. It might could actually help it oh, if, if you get if you can if you can jump jump scare me on a, a playstation one and third <laughs> third third person vr might give me a freaking heart attack <laughs> yeah <laughs> on a 480 tv on a little what size was that screen and your 19 inch or something uh, uh, like that in the dorm room i, I, I think it was a 19 yeah but it weighed probably it, what, like a 70 inch. pounds <laughs> it, 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 it was about 36 inches <laughs> yeah. front, front to back <laughs> yeah <laughs> 19 inch of the tube yeah, that, that the con, three that, foot tube that but but uh, one thing you can say though that uh that concave glass screen you could you could stand in the corner of the room and see it. Perfect. Still see oh, yeah. It. And, and now, I remember. Nowadays, you got to be in just the right spot. Yeah. Well, you probably a, still, if you could go find that TV, you could probably still turn it on and still work just fine. Oh, yeah. without a doubt. And now they sell, it costs more to have it where you can just look at the corner, the, from the corner of the room, you got to pay more for it. <laughs> Trust <laughs> they had me, it back yes. In the day already figured yes. out. <laughs> you have to buy an OLED TV to do that, and it's like, yeah. it's, they're not cheap. Trust me. You, you, got, you got your... Uh, your old lady and your kids sitting in your lap to watch a movie. <laughs> straight on. <laughs> they can't see it if they're sitting on the yeah. side. <laughs> they had to put a bin in the TV, make it curve so you could see it. This, that was a solution. Well, I, I I bought my first uh my first curved uh monitor. I got from one out here. My my other computer just because I I had you know everybody's got the the everybody has their new monitor and then their old monitor at the secondary. This is yeah. a piece of crap, yeah. but uh. I just I just went to Walmart and bought a like a Samsung for uh, forty something inch for one hundred and thirty oh, bucks. Oh Jesus, yeah, it's and, cheap and, now. And, and and it is it is awesome. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah. I wish I would have done it years ago. I'm waiting till for, I, for my 4K. I, lo- I love my two. Yeah. I love my two MSI curved monitors I have for a promo PC, and then of course I, I spoiled myself and I got the LG CX 55 inch OLED TV for my video gaming. But I, I remember now why I bought that PlayStation Pro. It was because uh, I actually had my la- my last uh, I would call it a juvenile video game moment. Whenever I, I punch my TV screen, oh, playing Monster Hunter you World. You playing Dragon <laughs> oh, Warrior? Oh, gosh, yeah. No. Monster Hunter World would do it to you in a heartbeat. I, I, oh, gosh. And, and, and I was in denial about the fact that I'd ruined it for a long time. It was like a Sony 42-inch, mm-hmm. you know. And finally, I just, you know, ate my crow <laughs> and went, went to Walmart and got a, got a Vizio and put it at the road. <laughs> but that, that, that Vizio, they say 4K capable, but... That PlayStation Pro, it's weird. It goes to like, I think it's like 2060p mm-hmm. instead of 1080. So it's not truly 4K yet, but I think it's the, the capability is there. But I can I can tell a big difference just in going from 1080 to 2060. It's upscale um, rendering. I mean that's that's what the four that's what the PS4 Pro does. And it's it's mm-hmm. um it's it's not true 4K. So. But, Let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about, I wanted to say, the Resident Evil 3 in the dorm room. Having that, that's probably why it's one of my favorites is because of the experience it had with all the people helping trying to solve the puzzles and stuff. That's what I really liked about it. And I remember, yeah, it was just fun to do and everybody's watching and you're figuring it out together and experiencing it together. It's a whole different experience. It's awesome. There's days you won't have it again anymore. Um, now you got to twitch it and you can see, oh, somebody's commenting on it saying they hate that I said that or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have a bunch of hate coming on. We got punched in the face back in the day. <laughs> we, got, yeah, we, 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 got, we got the real uh, in person. Yeah, flying, real twitch. Flying. If you did something stupid, they'd slap your neck. Uh, get your neck. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> but, and I remember this is kind of a little off topic, but you had a, um, a clock above the TV. And you're like every every day you're like, oh dude, I got class. And you're like, no 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 man, that clock's thirty minutes fast, <laughs> and it was thirty minutes fast on purpose just to make you feel good every time you were playing a game. And then Flex got mad and changed it one day and didn't tell anybody. And you're like, dude, you know what's so stupid? Why do y'all have it? Y'all know it ain't thirty minutes. Y'all know it's thirty minutes fast. <laughs> so you know the time you just subtract thirty minutes, it saves you the math. And we're like, dude, you don't understand, man. He did not understand. He was like the oldest guy in the dorms. But since then, he's never aged. No, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so anyway, you got to know Flex. Anyway, sorry. Sorry for all you people that don't know Flex. But um, that's pretty fun. It's all these fun things you remember about these games that makes it stand out. And that's maybe why Resident Evil 3 Remake was so fun to me, but I, it was a great game anyway. Did, did, um, you, did you remember most everything about it when you were playing through the remake? No, but I remember we did. I remember we did a podcast. So it's a little different on the remake, but I remember we did the podcast on Resident Evil Three, uh, us three, mm-hmm. uh, before like in season two, I think maybe season one. And I didn't remember. I didn't remember everything then either. Um, but uh, I did finish through it, and we all finished through it. I mean, it was fun uh, to go back and play it like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a little bit different on the th- remake. I think the remake might be shorter. I don't know. Because I didn't, uh, I don't remember ever trying to speed run three, but 
but I was trying to get a good score on uh, remake, and so you'd run through it real fast, and you knew exactly where the puzzles are. You go straight, get it, and straight back, and uh, it made it fun. It made the challenge fun, but not ridiculous. And uh, it's just some there's, fun little things you can buy after the game. There, there's another cool little tidbit I discovered a couple of days ago when they were making Resident Evil Two. They met. They were like eighty percent come through with the game, and then uh, they just spontaneously decided this this is not going to be good enough, and they just stopped and started over from scratch. But um, th- there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of leaked files from the game, and people are actively like trying to finish it now in their original I love form. This is awesome. Like, like, like there was a. Uh, a different character than uh, uh, Claire that was just like a, I think she was a, maybe a professional BMX racer that was on vacation or something, but um, they just scrapped it and, and put Claire in there. But um, just what? <laughs> it's kind of random though. What, what, BMX what? racer. When you heard that since you were 15, <laughs> I, I guess it fit in perfect. I think her name was like Ezra or something. But anyway, that's, I watched some of the footage from that game. And I recognize like some of the things that they kept. It's just like just random stuff. Like when you're turning that crank and the handle breaks yeah. off, or when you're in the sewer and you're pushing that box up yeah. to the. It, 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 but but for the most part, that has to be a huge like a. Uh, I don't know if it's a, would be a financial, but definitely just a a time sink punch in the gut yeah. to start over. I, I don't know if they had a. I want to say they had a, a falling out with the uh, like the creative director and then the actual producer, the people that are doing the game. But uh, yeah. but it, it, that's that's what when I said Resident Evil one point five, that's what all the like hardcore, you know, people yeah. that follow the whole story and are trying to put it together. That's awesome. Yeah, um, Elsa Elsa Walker was the uh, protagonist um, from yeah. one point five. And in one of the games, they have a, an Easter egg. It's like uh, Claire is wearing her BMX cop. BMX I was gonna say you find a BMX and you can ride it through the game, <laughs> jump, jumping zombies and whatnot. It's, it's just this is like one of those uh, skin tight outfits on a hot chick. All right, yeah, that was part I, of it back then. I, I do remember reading that they based uh, Jill Valentine on Jodie Foster. Oh, the Science of the Lamb stuff. Yeah, I, I I don't know who they are. So it was ba- the based uh, other characters. It on. was actually the Annette Birkin character from One Point Five that was based on Jodie Foster that eventually became the um, what's her name? Yeah, and Wesker was uh, I can't remember who they were. It, it, that whole thing on YouTube was talking about that who they based everything off of. But but it, it's just it's such a at its core such a very basic story. And, and, and well the. It's like it's, it, it, it kind of parallels well with this COVID gain of function research type stuff. But um, yep. at the end of every game, they would nuke. They would, they yeah, would, they just they, nuke the city. They, 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 would, they would nuke wherever the game took place. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, it also makes sense now, just a, like a light bulb, why the games all occur concurrently is because they get destroyed at the end they of every game. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
were you going to say, Clear? So I was going to say that uh, the funny thing is, is about Leon. Leon was actually based on the um, one of the writers, uh, one of the artists' bloodhound. Not a person, but their dog, a bloodhound. I never heard that one. That's interesting. Yeah, it says, it says reward examples influence character designs by artist uh, Isao Oshi and Ryoji uh, Shimogama. For example, Oshi based Leon on his bloodhound. I mean, what did he put the the bowl cut? You know, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that why well, had the ears of a bloodhound or something. What comes down yeah, across? Now this is he's looking through his. This is a, yeah, this is all parts of you know piecing together the whole ideas and stories of one point five. But that was just kind of that whole thing right there. Well, let's jump let's jump way ahead here real quick. So as I was mentioning, um, the game started getting arcadey, and then Res- and the Resident Evil fan base was kind of. Uh, getting upset with this and it's hitting the same game so resident the uh, capcom said okay we're gonna make a horror game for you and they made resident evil 7 i think it's called biohazard it's when it takes place in louisiana swamps and dude it looked super scary people wouldn't even play it in vr that was part of the thing you could do if you wanted to get a lot of views play it in vr and put it on youtube and it was still hard for people to do did y'all remember did y'all ever play this one I, I never played it, but I saw some of the playthroughs, and yes, it was called Biohazard. I, okay. I, I just uh, just discovered it the other night. I kind of just kind of lo- lost touch after about four, and and yeah, didn't uh, didn't keep up with it after that. But just a totally different setting like that seems like it's it would, scary, it would be man. Cool. They do a good job that you know the, the girlfriend just goes and does a babysitting job somewhere or something, and they're like. You know, okay, she sends a video back saying, don't come here, don't come here, just all of a sudden. And you go over there and show up, and you're walking into this uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre house and uh, dealing with this crazy family. And it's really cool. I think at one point the guy, the man of the house, is chasing you, and I've seen him where you had to go, like, kind of unlock something on the floor to escape. But at some point you have to hide, and I've seen two playthroughs. One where the guy hid and the guy... And the bad guy comes in there, doesn't see him. Next playthrough, the guy hides in the exact same spot, and the guy did see him. So that's kind of scary like that. But anyway, um, I don't know what much happens after you kind of get down there and there's a car. and you. But they tried to really make it scary. They did a really cool thing where you find this videotape, and it's two, quote, ghost hunter, like basically YouTubers, that are going through the house, same house that you're in. They find a trap door, and that's their way to try to tell you that there's a trap door somewhere. But the way that they set it up is really cool, and it makes it kind of even freakier. But you go through the whole first half of the game with hardly any jump scares, and then, bam, it just hits you. I mean, not the first half of the game, excuse me, the first you know 30 minutes, 45 minutes of the game, and you're just discovering the mansion, waiting for something to happen, and nothing happens. But then it then it does happen. And, dude, it, it is pretty scary. I mean, uh, I didn't play it. I wouldn't play it. I don't like that kind of stuff. Man, that's too scary for me to play. I don't want to play it. I'm not going to enjoy it. I have too much anxiety playing it. <laughs> so, but they did that. So they made it back scarier. And then they got Resident Evil Village. And I did buy this. I did play this one, me and my wife, for a little bit. And I don't know how it ends. But it's kind of out there, man. And I don't I don't know if, how this has been kind of accepted by the, by the fan base. But there's like werewolves in it instead of zombies. And then there's vampires in it. And it's like three vampire girls, and it's one real tall vampire that follows you around. You hear a clicking around cl- cl- outside, and you're like, oh, no. 
It's got some cool parts. Graphics look amazing. Controls are amazing. It's fun to shoot. But uh, I hadn't finished that one yet. So two things. Um, one, um, Village is actually a sequel to Resident Evil Biohazard. Yeah. And two, this is uh, more one of the uh, clearest fun facts we're throwing in here randomly as I can. Um, did you know that um, Resident Evil Biohazard was actually... Um, the team that designed Resident Evil Biohazard took inspiration from the film, the 1981 film, The Evil Dead, and used that inspiration to make Resident Evil Biohazard. Just thought that was an interesting thing I found. So, I will say this about Village. So, it's your girlfriend again, or your wife at this point, I believe. You have a baby. And... Because uh, something happens to that girl. I didn't. Fin- I didn't finish uh, Biohazard. I never played it, but I don't. I didn't see the story. But you're supposed to kind of know the story. And so you're like eating dinner. And one. This all happens at the beginning, so it's not a spoiler. It's like the first opening scene, and you're kind of walking around your house. But then people, I get. I don't know who breaks in and shoots and kills. I mean, machine guns down your wife, dude. And it's like, dude, that is brutal. The killing scene at the beginning. And they steal the baby. They're trying to take the baby because it has some kind of special gene or whatever. And you got to go after them. And that's what you're doing in this village. That's all I know about. But um, it has a couple of jump scares. In fact, <laughs> me and my wife are playing it, and literally a vampire jumps out at you and goes, Rah! <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Oh my gosh, scary. Did it scare you? She's like, No. I said, The vampire literally jumped out and goes, Rah! I mean, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> They're just trying hard to scare you. He's like saying boo or something. But uh, it's very interesting horror, um, and I'm so, seeing how I can articulate this. But the survival horror aspect, it seems like there's no hope, and then you find like the the way to kill the the vampire like at the last second. It's not a scripted scene; it just somehow makes it perfect like that. I mean, it's really cool. I, I've enjoyed it, and I want to finish it now. Um, my, my wife lost interest, but uh, Maiden Kane, she lost interest, but. Uh, Maybe I can get her to complain again. She don't like the shooting parts and all that, but I'm just now on the roof of the house, the mansion, and I got the uh, sniper. But they say this is a short one, so probably if you know what to do, uh, you can finish it quickly. <clears throat> but again, it's inventory problems, the whole thing. But that's about as far as it goes. So, that I know about. There's all kind of spinoff games to try to first-person shooter. It's interesting to hear about this Resident Evil 4. Um, that's Oculus. Uh, I've seen some, you can see some playthroughs on YouTube, uh, not playthroughs, but some people trying it out on YouTube. Um, if you can get over to motion sickness, it could be pretty cool just to being able to shoot the gun based on where you point it instead of having to put a laser on a, where you want it. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of, uh, tentative about spending a lot of money on VR just because, uh, I remember at work, uh, it's written years ago. It was the very, it was the first Samsung phone that, you could, it came, you could get a VR headset for it. And uh, one of my technicians at work had one and it was just like an old basic. It looked like, uh, it reminded me of like a Friday the 13th Rambo type uh, first person. <laughs> Rambo. But, but you remember when you would go in the house in uh, Friday the 13th, it was like a, yeah. a very basic first person walking around, but doing that in VR I, I felt like I was going to throw up. And yeah. I, like, oh, like, yeah. I, I, so so I, I, that's all with with those, the, the way problem. they were done. 
it's 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 not good VR because you have to have HD to 4K screens in front of your eyes to not make you sick. Mm-hmm. That's what they found out with those because I remember all of that technology. I remember reading about it, and when you did it with a phone and put it in that box like that, uh-huh. it was it was faking VR because it just split your screen of your phone and put two images on each one of your screens and that's what made you sick because you didn't have the variable refresh rates on the two different screens what was what was cool just a basic thing i got one of those uh it's pretty much a a headset that just it holds your phone so i can watch like youtube while i'm on the rowing machine or something but it's not trying to like pretend to be vr it's just it's kept me from having to put Put a TV in my workout room, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I did too. It made me, it made me like clammy right away. And I've played the real Oculus too at Rev's house, and it didn't make it near as bad. But um, it still eventually, they, you know, they, they got the games that are kind of one robot game or something. You're shooting robots, but uh, that was the big thing with these. And the, like even um, Resident Evil Seven, people will start getting clammy, and there's a setting on there instead of making it flow motion. Like, you know, it's just as you're turning, it would like click, like uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of jump to the next turn instead of flow. And that somehow helped you from being sick. (laughs) Same way for the um, robot pausing is basically what it's called. Yeah. And you would just click the place you wanted to go and then you just appear there and just do it that way. And uh, you're standing uh, in one spot stationary shooting the robots and stuff. It's really cool. You turn around, there's a robot all up in your face. You, it kind of scares you. I, put, I let my son try it, and he got too scared. He got too scared to take it off. But um, there's just there's, there's there's some part of me that always wants to not lose sight of the fact that I'm playing a video game. You know? Yeah. I wanna, and, and usually that involves holding a controller and sitting down looking at a screen. Yeah, it, it, so I'm still in the so real the world, ulti- you know. Yeah, so that's the, that's the ultimate. That's a, that's one of our, I guess, an ultimate question for us. End goal wise here on on our podcast is 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 VR part of the whole culture of keeping gaming pure? Oh man, man that's we're in depth question. here. That's a question there to throw out there. I mean, is it really keeping I think gaming pure? I think it's fine. I think it's keeping gaming pure. It's just the practices they're going to do with it as far as business practice. That's what I mean when it doesn't keep it pure. But I think it's fine. Um, you know, obviously, they're going to have their different taste. I don't know if it's well, ever going to take off, really, for gaming. Um, well, unless they get the whole setup, like the little well, running pad and all that. I mean, I mean, you'd look I at the, the, look at the, look at the they're, they're starting to open and starting to do the mixed reality um, gaming areas for, yeah. to where you have a, it's not even augmented it's mixed reality so you have a full headset on you see a game but you're in a room that's padded and secured for you that when you hit boundaries of the room you hit the boundaries of the game yeah that it's, could be cool it's all mixed it, it's all mixed like that and it's not it's not the hybrid where you have the sum of augmented right. reality and some virtual reality you're all virtual reality but the room is confines you into the game and every object that's in the room is a part of the game and you see it as like a tree or something but when you take your goggles off it's like a gray mm-hmm. you know pole sticking up but that that uh that same technician uh was telling me now he's he's playing a game like that where you have the you pretty much draw the room before you start mm-hmm. playing the game and there's a new uh a new service where you pay like, I think it's like $30 a month and you can log into this 
these people have like gaming computers on a server somewhere and you can log in from the cheapest laptop in the world and play games on their server and get the same experience with the VR gear. And uh, that's cool. It, 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 he said it started off as like a like a tiered subscription service. And now uh, they just I guess COVID made it explode. So they just have the one plan now. But um, for somebody that doesn't want to sink a lot of money in a gaming computer, it seems like a, a cool idea. But to me, it seems like where they're headed is I've been immersed in several games like Skyrim, uh, Witcher 3, um, Dark, all the Dark Souls games. It's like the game itself is what brings you in and cap- captivates you. And now they're just trying to do it with visuals. It's yeah, like, it didn't it's work. Like, it's like the, the content is not that interesting, but you feel like you're in the game, so you accept it. Yeah, that'll only last for a little while. The novelty I mean, of that will wear off. Uh, because you, you can, can make things look pretty, but if you don't have a story to back that pretty, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, it dies can, quick. You can play these little 2D games. In fact, they're trying to recreate these graphics all the time with these games. But uh, And it's just as long as the game and content's fun. Now, I will say this. you know, Playing that Oculus, and I was just playing a single, a simple ping pong game. And you started to feel like you, you got the hang of it and how to hit it and everything. And it's a robot there. That you're playing against and he will not hit until you hit so he'll just stand there so you're as you're standing there you can look around and you're like in this like a mall or something and you're looking you're floating through space i mean you can really start getting lost in this vr it's kind of scary the you know you know because you know the technology is only getting better how they're going to make it to where you could really put that on and zone out from the world for you know but uh, it, it can so be what happened in Ready Player One. Yeah, exactly. That's where it always happens. But if they had a where you get a gun and a little one of the running tracks you strap yourself into and have a Call of Duty to where you how you shoot is literally how good you can shoot in real life or at least pull huh. up and shoot. That'd be a lot more. Huh. That'd be pretty cool. You would have a lot of gamers. Yeah. Quit, quit gaming if they had to do that because one you get the out of shape people that couldn't run right, for that long true. and they, they, they'd quit quick yeah. and then two like the point you just pointed out if you're not from the south I don't <laughs> I, I don't trust you shooting a gun yeah I mean that's just me you know if you're from the, yeah <laughs> there was it kind of uh, it kind of fell flat but one of the golf games uh may have been one of the tiger woods may have been the uh rory McIlroy, but they had it was with that uh what was the first 360 uh oh yeah yeah the connect camera and and i just i took an old uh, old uh seven iron and just cut it off like Mm -hmm. halfway past the grip and include your xbox controller on no (laughs) no no it it actually it it would actually it reads it with the connect camera but but i i I noticed that i could take a crappy swing and it would do the same thing but it's, it's like the technology is there they just didn't have the the means or the hardware to fully utilize it because there's people that spend tens of thousands of dollars on those it's just a devoted golf simulator yeah those are awesome oh you got go go you go play look your up, friends you on know, it. since you mentioned the connect camera go look up what you can do with a 360 connect camera it's insane that technology was so far ahead of its time 
that Xbox, Microsoft didn't realize what all they had right there. I mean, prime example, you know, it being able to read a chopped off golf club, you know. I, I just, I, I, I had my tinfoil hat on back in the day. And, and, and they, <laughs> Everybody they said, did. They, they said the Kinect camera was what was watching you. This was before. Uh, it was watching this, you. This you is, could walk it really was. They already, yeah, they've already this, got proof of this, it. This is way, way before Alexa. That's <laughs> how they got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, you could walk in the room and it'd be come on. Oh, this is Marcus. You know, it's profile. It has to be. It's like a no. Those Alexis are never listening. Then how does it know you're saying, "Hey Alexa"? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's always listening. It's got to be listening. Yeah. And it's going to pop up on my phone. Anything you come up with, it pops up on your phone. If you're just talking about it now, if you're talking about some product, yeah. I guarantee VR so, is going to pop up on my Facebook tomorrow. Oh yeah, you're definitely going to. Um, so one ra- random last question for both of you, and let's see if y'all can get this without looking it up. Do you know how many games are in the Resident oh, Evil gosh, no. release timeline total? I have no idea. Thirty. Take a guess. Thirty-two. You're close. You're close with thirty. I, I, I was going to say, say thirty-two. I was going to be somewhere around twenty, so I'm way off. No, you're actually y'all are both right there, pretty close. It's twenty-eight. Oh wow. Twenty-eight games total, and it was crazy. Like there's like a bunched-up area between uh, ninety-eight through. 07 where like the vast majority of them came out and then it just kind of a gap timeline after that i just thought that was interesting there's 28 of these games in here and that, so that's a rip. that's including the remakes too okay okay yeah so talking about the vr uh real quick i know there was uh the playstation vr that came out right away and people got and had a demo with it and the demo was pretty cool and it's a resident evil demo I, this is all hearsay okay so i never played this if i'm wrong that's why well, it's just hearsay but you, were, you started off, you're sitting in the middle of a chair in a kitchen with your headset on, and you look down in your hands, which is a really cool feature. Your hands are tied together. You look down, and because you're holding a controller right in front of you, and you look down, and your hands are bonded together in a chair, and you can't get out of the chair. And all of a sudden, this woman kind of peeks around the, the side, and, and you're like, oh, gosh, and she starts coming to you. You know, it's scary. Um, and then they, they made you know Resident Evil 7 after that. But it's just the idea of what they can do with this VR in a whole new, you know, I would say genre, but it's, it's a survival horror in a whole new way where you really, you know, like you said, the inventory space and a limited number of saves and limited ammo. These are all things to try to heighten your uh, anxiety level. But now you put somebody in a space and they're in there with VR you could really, I mean, that's kind of a scary, you could probably give somebody a heart attack or something. I don't know, man. That's kind of a scary situation. So speaking of VR and everything, since we're talking about it, do you know what the, and this is all um, from October 13th of this year, which was just, you know, what, seven days ago, roughly. Do you know what the two most widely played PlayStation VR titles are? What? Resident Evil 7 and Skyrim. Yeah. That's crazy that the, the people would play that. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I just, I'm not a big horror playing person. And then just to play it in VR, that would just. Well, I'm just I mean, saying, I'm what do you like, guys. Kind of like coach, you know, you're going to you know, give me like the heart attack playing the game. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I mean, once you kind of go that route, is it, you can you come back to just normal games? I mean, you know, I don't know what the possibilities here, but if you put somebody in a haunted house, that's just like Resident Evil 7, what they did. Um, 
I don't know. I can't, it's hard to even imagine when it's going back from Resident Evil 1 to thinking that mm-hmm. you're not only playing it now, you're actually living into the game. Well, it's one, one thing I'll, I'll never do, and it's appropriate being right on the brink of Halloween, but those like put on haunted house things, it's like you go into it knowing that it's not real, but I know I will still be terr- right. terrified and I just well, I don't want to I don't want to subject myself to that as something yeah, for, for for fun, you know. It's yeah. like the horror. It's like those, and I don't know if y'all know much about those, you know, scare houses or whatever. But the scare houses that you have to sign a like, one of them's got like a seventy-page waiver yeah, you have to the, sign um, before you go in, and if you actually make it to the end, you actually get paid something. You yeah. actually get money. I don't know how much, and they don't ever have people make it to the end. Mm-hmm. It, you know it's going to be scary, and well, you know that it's fake, but you still can't even make through. That, that's crazy. That, that, that's a, a, an interesting a point to something I read about the uh, the original designers of Resident Evil. It was like uh, the guy writing the story. Um, he he admitted that it it scared him, and like the design team liked that. They they just they said they didn't want somebody working on the game that wasn't afraid. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like you have to know what fear feels like to make fear. And yeah. uh, it, it was like, uh, what it was? Is it uh, Romero that made uh, Living Dead or uh, George A. Romero? The, yeah, and like yeah, he did. I think Guillermo del Night Toro. Of yeah, yeah, it's just like some people, Wes Craven, they just understand how to, what, you know, turns people's gears as far as scary. Like yeah. Hell, Hellraiser has to be the stupidest looking concept. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who, who, would, who would be scared of a bald guy in a trench coat with PN sticking out of it? But just to, <laughs> just to look at that, just it, it, trigger something inside of me that is terrifying yeah it's an art form man no doubt and so that's all the more credit to resident evil and anybody that can do that but i mean um, i mean too you got to think about it too with resident evil the way it's written it's written to where it's like this could actually happen it's not so much of a Oh, let's just make it horror of zombies and all this kind of stuff. But it actually has a logical fault pattern of Absolutely. how it could happen with T virus and all the vi- all the the different strains of viruses because there's several different strains of viruses once you go through it, and just the idea of like underground bunkers and all yeah. of that kind of what? stuff. I mean, half the time. I mean, half of that is actually really happening because I mean, I'm yeah. willing to bet that most governments have underground bunkers. If now we wouldn't already. been wearing our masks, we'd I already mean, be in Resident <laughs> Evil right now. <laughs> that, 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 that so was the, we saved it. Fauci saved it. That that was the that was the one thing I took away from uh, reading. I started off reading all of that that timeline, like the people that actually took the time to pick up all the little notes and stuff throughout the games and piece it all together was. The, the original T-virus was, it was pretty much just, it was a parasite that it couldn't live very long outside of a host. And when it got into the host, it attached itself to their central nervous system pretty much and took away their 
willpower and self-control. And there are just, there's tons of evidence of this happening in nature. Like, uh, like like with spiders and stuff, they found that there's this, this one little, uh, parasite on earth that gets inside of a spider's brain and pretty much makes it serve it. Yeah. And, and, and even, even something as simple as, uh, the way trees pollinate, you know, there may be this poisonous thing on the ground, but birds aren't affected by it. So they're the only ones that can pick it up and move it and not die. It's, <laughs> it, it's, it's very, uh, it's very close to reality other than like walking dead where there's no real explanation. It's just scary zombies, d- disgusting zombies, but, right. but there, there's nothing more dangerous than a, a superpowered human being with no self-control. It doesn't you can't even, kill it. <laughs> it, it. It would be even worse if they weren't disfigured because at least you're able to identify them that way. <laughs> you shoot them and they don't die. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, what do you do? But um, anyway, yeah, Resident Evil is a classic. It's here to stay. I mean, and uh, just learning all this stuff for the for the podcast. And like I said, we would be it bore you to death if we just reiterated the story, sitting a storytelling one. Um, I'd love to have somebody on that really can talk about the story, but um, it's uh, it's more just reliving this. But knowing the story and kind of looking it up on YouTube, the games are more fun i'm not a super story guy i never enjoyed the resident evil because of the story but uh i went back and played you know no one looking where we're at with village and then playing it again you know you won't be i mean you're not scared when you play it when you kind of know the story kind of see what's going on these ain't even real zombies this is just a biological screw up you know this ain't even a zombie i'm not afraid of this thing but um it's it's different and uh I'm interested to see what they're going to do with this. Obviously, a flagship title for Capcom. They've done good with it, and we'll see what happens, man. Did, but I've did, enjoyed them so far. Did you? Uh, did you remember? I had kind of forgot about it, but the uh, I don't remember if it was two or three, but one of them came with a a demo of a game called Dino Crisis, and it was pretty <clears> much <throat> the same game, but it had dinosaurs instead of zombies. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I think that kind of drives the point home that it wasn't about the zombies; it was about the the puzzles and the the mechanics and and the fact that you're you're always wor- worried about something around the corner that's trying to kill you. It, yeah, it, it wasn't trying. To, horror does not mean like. Frankenstein and zombie and ghost and witch horror just means scared. They're, they're, yeah. And what can rock you? And what can rock you to your core? I mean, yeah, it, the realism that realism that that does it for me. You, you don't blood and gore disgusts me. Like I was never Friday the Thirteenth never scared me. I just would have to turn my head when somebody got their arm chopped off with a machete using, you know, 1980s technology. Um, It's just disgusting. But Michael Myers, it's psychologically terrifying because he just looks like a normal person with a mask on. So was, uh, was, uh, was, um, 
uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre based off a real story, the original one. Yes. The, See, that game. scared me to death. I saw yeah. this at Dre's, the 79 one or whatever. And the, yeah, that one's based off his, real. His, and the, his name was uh, Ed Gain. He actually like yeah. k- k- killed people and made outfits out of their skin. It's, yeah, and so they go to that house, right? And you gotta. It's parts you don't think about. I mean, if you're you know if you're in the military, you kind of got this. If you deployed or you went to survival school or whatever, it's the things you don't think about when you lose your freedom or you are in a place and you're you know you're lonely. You don't know the outcome, so it's going to happen. You know, you're a little bit, you know, say lonely. You're in a strange land or something. You don't really, know, you can't really sh- depict that in a in a video. And so you kind of feel that when you're watching Chainsaw Massacre. When like I think one point one of the girls or somebody wakes up in the attic and it's like a rocking chair. It's just this freaky scene because it's just a freaky environment. But then she's one of them's running away, and then one of the guys are chasing with the with the razor blade and just slicing her as he's chasing her, laughing and having fun with it, like he's just crazy. That is that was the scariest. I mean, obviously, there's no jump scares that I remember, but it's just that's the total. Because unfor- you know, unfortunately, the the darker side of humanity, the how crazy and uh, and what a human being is capable of doing, uh, willingly and uh, you know just doesn't even see any harm with it or whatever the case. That is that's the scariest part to me, uh-huh. you know. And you see that stuff in the main Chainsaw uh-huh. Massacre, and it was freaking me out people just use like they throw around psychopath and sociopath and just like as that's a crazy person he's a psycho but the actual the actual definition of what it means is you don't feel emotions the same way normal people do so you don't you don't see anything wrong with killing somebody or beating your dog you know or yeah and it's almost i almost feel bad for the people because what they're doing is terrible but to them it's not you know what i'm saying it's like that's the type person that needs to be institutionalized and kept right because it's uh it there's something wrong with their brain for a, a simple you know definition and I'm sure so, you, I'm sure you guys have seen this somewhere. But have you seen videos of an actual schizophrenic, like changing personalities and stuff? It is, it is freaky. It makes you kind of think there's something else. This is, can't just be a brain switch. I mean, it starts. You start to think that they're possessed by a demon or something. Like this is the ghost of the guy. It's a different mm-hmm. person. They're, not only their voices and their thoughts, their whole mannerisms, everything changes at a split second. It's it's just very weird, man. Uh, everything changes about them. Like like you know, that's the old thing we learned in like biology that you know your genetics will determine what you can be, but your environment will determine what you will be, and that includes, um, you know, your mannerisms, how you talk, how you see the world, how you just hold yourself, uh, how you think, and to be, have somebody that grew up in one environment but reacts depending on whatever personality that their mind thinks they are at that time, you know, that kind of, that would kind of go against that rule, but that's, that's a freaky uh, thing. And this is all Halloween, ancient Halloween horror thoughts, by the way, I know we're kind of off the resident evil picture, but this is still some Halloween fun. (laughs) If you want to see a good uh, horror movie that someone that did well, um, 
It's from M. Night Shyamalan. If I'm not mistaken, it's called Split. Yeah. And it's, it's about where it's, uh, Yeah, it's, uh, God, what is it? James McAvoy plays the lead character oh. that's schizophrenic. And he has this one character that's like just, I forget what he calls, call, what the character's name is, but he's a schizophrenic character. That'll, ooh, yeah, think about that. That's, that's. Yeah, but it's, it's freaky, man. Yeah, I've seen that, it where criminals yeah. have been. Yeah, you know, yeah. criminal somebody that's killed somebody, and they actually get interviewed, and, they, and it's a true story. They've killed somebody or something, and they were being interviewed by the detectives in the little detective room, and they would switch between personalities. One guy, I did it. One guy had no idea, um, and it was a genuine. Everything about him changed, not just. Well, I don't know. I'm John, and then I guess, well, I'm Mark, and I did kill him. You know, not, it's not like that. It's a whole change. Well, I think one of them smoked and one of them didn't. I mean, it's a whole, it's, it's freaky, man. That is, that's one of those disturbing things. It's unsettling to say the least. What, one of the first stories I remember, I had to Google it cause I didn't remember how many faces it was, but I think it's the three faces of Eve. It, it came out in like the fifties and it's just, it's pretty much a woman that just seamlessly shifts between three distinctive personality. Weird, man. And, and it's it's so easy to think that oh this is just rehearsed and and right they're, they're, but it's just something about it that you can tell that it's not sometimes you can <laughs> yeah. just tell that it's it's genuine but it's, anyway man it's, too, it's getting too, late here too much about the brain that we don't un- understand <laughs> yeah, absolutely it's powerful man so uh but good horror stories, good Resident Evil. But it's getting late, and I've enjoyed talking to y'all, you guys. It seems like it went by pretty quickly. Yeah. It's already we're over an hour, over an hour and a half in. It seems like we've been I talking know. for thirty minutes, which is great. Perfect uh, eleven o'clock sign off time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, appreciate you guys joining. Enjoyed it as always. All right, man. Let's make it not a year next time. No doubt. Get you on more often. All right. We're out. Peace. Take care, everybody.